Welcome back to Elevate Inspiration for Thunder School. This week our lesson is entitled, The Faith in Action Preacher. Okay, let's get into our context. All right, you remember, going back into the Old Testament, um, Assyria conquered Israel, and this is the Northern Kingdom. And then later in 586 BC, the Southern Kingdom, Judah, were conquered by Nebuchadnezzar, the King of Babylon. Then, all of a sudden, we have Cyrus, the Persian king, who defeated Babylon, and he released the Jews in exile to return home in Jerusalem in 538 BC. So, we actually have three waves. The first wave is led by Zerubbabel. Then the second way is led by Ezra, and that's who we're going to focus on today. And then next week, we're going to look at the third way that is led by Nehemiah, and that actually occurred in 444 BC. Ezra. Who is Ezra? Well, Ezra is a scribe of the Law of Moses. Basically, if you look at that, if you actually go and look in the second, the seventh chapter of Ezra, uh, it says that Ezra came up from Babylon. He had favor with the king there. And he was skilled, a skilled scribe in the law of Moses. So God had gifted him to interpret the law of Moses. And then he became aware of the people of Israel had committed grave sins. Now I know there's an S on sins there. So as a reaction and the people disobedience serve as a subject today. So we're going to look how Ezra reacted and how the people reacted after Ezra reacted in reference to their disobedience. Alright, so we, we're focusing on the Ezra, the 10th chapter, conviction of sin. I want you to notice here we have confession and weeping. So Ezra was praying and while he was confessing, weeping, and bowing down in the house of God. Notice Ezra's physical posture, how it matched his spiritual posture before the Lord. Both body and spirit was marked by brokenness and sorrow. He wept before the temple that was constructed and was completed in 515 BC. So it says the house of God. This is a temple that the first wave went back and rebuilt. Okay, so this temple actually stands even in Jesus' time in the New Testament. It was not destroyed until AD 70 by the Roman government. So we have a, a leader weeping, confessing, and then all of a sudden we have a large assembly of women, men and women gathered from Israel and they began to weep bitterly also. And then we have a spokesperson that stands up. This person is named Shechaniah. So Shechaniah steps up and he is actually a descendant of David. If you go back and look at 1 Chronicles 3 and 1, his father is uh, Jehuel. And Jehuel is likely the father of Obadiah. He's actually one of the um, returning exile. And if you continue to read, he is actually one of guilty of the sin of marrying pagan women. So what does Shechaniah say? Shechaniah said, we have transpassed against our God and have taken pagan wives. And then all of a sudden, he says, there is hope. And it's amazing how hope appears once we start confessing our sin and crying out to God. Hope is always a grounded in the possibility of God's mercy. David makes mention of this in Psalms 103 and 8 when he states, 
the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Hope leads to mercy. So in Israel, in spite of all this that they're doing, we got hope. And then they come and said, let us do according to the law. Shek and I put it back into Ezra hand. This is your responsibility, giving reverence to the leader, Ezra, the priest, the one that is a scribe in the law and understand it. And then he tells him, be of good courage and do it. Do what you got to do, Ezra. So the question that we're going to focus on is what lesson do we learn from Ezra remorse? Remember now, we want to look at Ezra and his reaction. And then we're going to look at factors that can be present for people that are truly regret their sins and repent of them. What are those factors? And then we have a call to appeal. Verses 5 through 8. Notice everyone promises, rose up made the leaders so he focused on the leaders of each group the priests the levites and all the ears to swear and make an oath and then ezra does not just stop there when he leaves and go back to jehoiam chambers or to his house he actually continued to fast and pray and begin continue to mourn for the guilty of those from captivity all right so we're only talking about the group of people that have come back from babylon and then we have a proclamation issue. <laughs> this is amazing, okay? He said, okay, you all, here we're gonna do a proclamation. This is gonna go out everywhere. You got three days to instruct everyone that if they don't come here and confess their sin, all his property will be confiscated and he will be separated from the seminar of those from captivity. So if you do not confess your sin if you don't come back to Jerusalem within three days so we can have this proclamation then we're gonna excommunicate you this is basically what he's saying and then we have verses 9 so within three days this word gather out everybody shows back up it's actually the ninth month the 20th of that month this is the month of December and all the people are, are set in a square uh, there in the opening, not in the, not in the house of God, but actually in this square outside of the house of God. And notice it says they are trembling. They're not only trembling because of this matter of the sin, but there is heavy rain. This is the rainy season. So they are trembling. And if you notice here, Ezra steps up, he stands before him and he emphasizes, you have transgressed and have taken pagan wives and you've added guilt to Israel. And I therefore make a confession to the Lord of your father and do his will. Now, I want to emphasize here because you have to look at the Bible in its totality to understand this. Because he is saying here, separate yourselves from the people of this land and from your pagan wives. It's actually in, uh, condoning divorce. But if you look at Malachi, the second chapter, uh, actually verses 13 through 16, Jesus, a uh, correction. God says to them, uh, the prophet Malachi um, God speaks to the prophet Malachi and said that you have a second offense. You have filled this place of worship with your whining because you don't get what you want from God. You don't get it simply because you have married and you have divorced. And you have married your first wife and you have divorced her. So basically, if you think about this, tradition Jewish have arranged marriages they actually marry within their faith 
what they are doing here is they are divorcing their wife within the faith and they are going out marrying other women who have a totally different belief pagan wives so yes even jesus says divorce was not permitted but because of the horn of your hearts moses wrote a bill of divorcement so we have a faithful practice everyone in the assembly answered and they said yes we're going to do this so we have a revival taking place in israel so the question that we're going to discuss is how does our leadership deal with collective sins of today how do we deal with that and then we're going to dig a little bit deeper and says what leadership action in this regard should be personal and private rather than public all right so we're ending up like the ancient jews we too are tempted by the cultural surrounding we are tempted with marrying unbelievers now i want to emphasize that unbelievers and we're tempted with divorce so but god is given grace is available to us because of the person and the work of jesus christ the church is his bride and i want to read to you revelations 19 7 through 9 it says let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come his wife has made herself ready who is the wife that's the church and to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen clear and bright for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints you know that is the fine linen and it's amazing how throughout scripture we always see a comparison with marriage and a comparison the way Christ wants the church to be and like it says here may we be faithful to our bridegroom and who is that that's Jesus Christ hey I enjoyed this you all thought to remember today is action is the hallmark for true conviction I want to repeat that again Action is the hallmark of true conviction. Like I say, we will have a discussion of this lesson um, tomorrow at 6 p.m. Here's the meeting ID and here's the passcode. And like I always say, see you in Sunday school.